Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. go ahead and get into my message here and just going to tag right off of what we've been praying and what we've been singing. Titled my message today is Making Room for Jesus. Making Room for Jesus. We need to make sure as we go into Christmas that we're making room for Jesus. A lot of times things can come into our life to crowd that, that room out and push Jesus out of the way and other things can come in. But we need to make sure that we're making room for Jesus. Man, I tell you, it was a powerful song, wasn't it? Amen. Well, I know at Christmas time we can allow a lot of things, our schedules and just the symbols of Christmas, all those things can begin to crowd our hearts. And if we're not careful, uh, we can push Jesus out of the place that he deserves because Christmas is all about Jesus. Now, I was away for a couple of weeks ago for a couple of days on a prayer retreat with other pastors up in Greensboro. I'm talking about making room for Jesus. And I was there a couple of days, and I was coming back here to Mount Olive, and I remember I came to my office that afternoon on a Wednesday evening preparing for our prayer service. And I went to open my door in my office, and when I opened my door, this is what I saw right here. The staff here had taken Christmas inflatables and put them all in my office and blowed all of them up. They, they, they were making room for Christmas there in my office. And I had to make room to get to my desk uh, that day. But I really, it made my day. It really did. But it reminded me, not that, that is, anything's bad with that. We had a good time with that and I enjoyed it. And they brought a lot of laughter to me. And uh, so thankful for the staff and, and just having a place where you can. Uh, look, we're serious. It's about serious business. But we can have fun too. But you know what it reminds me of? What... They made room for these inflatables, but the question is this morning, what what are you making room for in your life? What what are you making room for in your life? Are you making room for Jesus this Christmas? You see, when the Christmas season comes around, we're we're, we're all good at making room for the lights, amen. We're we're good at making room for the decorations. We're we're good at making room for a tree. We're we're good at making room for uh, the, the food. We're good at making room for the fun. Hey, we're really good for making room for the gifts, amen. We're really good at making room for all those things. But just listen to me for a few minutes. If, if we're not careful now, just listen. If we're not careful in all the Christmas hype, we can fail to make room for Jesus. We can fail to make room for Jesus because Christmas is about celebrating Jesus Christ, celebrating the one who brought us Christmas, celebrating the one who gave us Christmas, celebrating the one who is Christmas. Christmas is about celebrating Jesus Christ. Jesus is the centerpiece of Christmas. He is the reason for the season. So as we kick off the Christmas season, I want to take some time this morning uh, real quickly to introduce you to some people from the Bible that failed to make room for Jesus. And the reasons they failed to make room for Jesus are reasons that are very relevant to all of us here today. And we need to learn from these folks that are in the Bible 
why they missed Jesus and why they failed to make room. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, reading part of the Christmas story here, verses 1 through 7. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. I'll have it on the screen as well. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. That was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Some of the saddest words you'll find in your Bible right there. There was no room for Jesus. There was no room for Jesus. So we notice first that the innkeeper, the innkeeper had no room for Jesus in his life. Verse 7 tells us this, that Mary wrapped her baby Jesus in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You see, Mary and uh, Joseph, they were traveling to Bethlehem, as I just read to you, Joseph's hometown where he was born, because they had to register for this census that was put in place by Caesar Augustus, and they were going to be taxed by the Roman government. The government wanted their money. Isn't it amazing? They still want their money today. They want your money. And Bethlehem, this place that they were traveling to, Joseph's hometown where he was born, it was crowded with people, just flooded with people who had arrived to register for this census for the purpose of them paying their taxes. And finally, Joseph and Mary, they arrive in Bethlehem and they look for an inn. They look for an inn. If you study that word inn in the Bible, it's a, it's a public lodging place like the sleep inn, the holiday inn, the days inn. I don't even know if days inn still exists, but it's a place where they could spend the night and have uh, their needs taken care of. But the sad part is the Bible says that there was no room for them in the inn. So they, they stayed in a stable where Mary gave birth to baby Jesus. She was there in Bethlehem with Joseph and she was expecting to deliver at any time. And they go into this place, this inn, and the innkeeper tells, her that there, tells them there's no room for them in the inn. There was no room for them in the inn. I'll never forget uh, my wife and I, when Lisa was expecting our first child, I came home from work one evening. It was on a, I think it was a Friday, I believe it was, and, and there my wife was uh, laying there on the couch and she was having contractions. And uh, there was not a census being taken, but we quickly made our way to Wayne Memorial Hospital. And on our way to Wayne Memorial Hospital, I'm like, Lord, please don't let this woman give birth to this child in this car. And we arrive at the hospital, Wayne Memorial, and, and I just thought to myself, putting myself in, in Joseph and Mary's situation, I mean, can you imagine, what if we had walked in the hospital and they'd have told us they have no room for us? If they'd have told us they had no room for us, I would have made a room, I promise you. Give us the, the custodian closet. Give us the elevator. But look at this woman. I'm not carrying her home with me. No. She's growling like a grizzly bear. I'll hear about this later. 
If they'd have told us, I'd have been so disappointed. I can only imagine how they felt on that day, that first Christmas. And so the question is this morning, why, why didn't the innkeeper have room for Jesus? Why didn't the innkeeper have room for Jesus? I mean, could it be that his business was booming and, and the crowds had flooded the lobby of his, uh, of his inn and that were just waiting for a room to come avail- available? And maybe the innkeeper was so consumed with his, with his personal pursuits and with his business pursuits that it, it caused him to miss Jesus it caused him to fail to make room for Jesus because he's consumed with his own pursuits in his life and the innkeeper we could say he's he's pursuing after his possessions he's pursuing after popularity he's pursuing after power he's pursuing after pleasures and in his pursuit of the things of this world he had no room for Jesus And I believe, I truly believe this with all of my heart, I believe the most tragic thing in life is when we make room for the stuff of this world, but we never make room for the Savior of the world. Most tragic thing that any of us could ever do. You see, the innkeeper was like many people that are gathered here today, preoccupied or distracted with the things of this world. Like the innkeeper, we're preoccupied with things like politics. We're, we're preoccupied with the economy. Is, the, what's the, uh, is it going to go down? Is, it gonna, uh, is the dollar going to collapse? We're preoccupied with the virus. We're preoccupied with, is our football team winning? We're preoccupied with our toys in life. We're preoccupied with our comfort. We're preoccupied with our schedules. And all that causes us to do is not make room for Jesus. And the sad reality is many of us, we, we, we make room for so many other things and we fail to make room for Jesus in our hearts and in our homes. And listen to me, if we're not careful, please hear me out. We can get so busy, especially this time of year, we can get so busy with our life and with the hustle and bustle of Christmas that we can all miss Christmas if we're not careful. We get so busy, and I believe that's the number one tactic of the devil. He loves it when we're busy. He loves it when we're busy in life. So he can keep us from making room for Jesus, not only at Christmas, but every day of our life. I've met people before, and I'm sure you have too, but I could tell you the conversations right now, people who are so busy, uh, people who are so busy in life that they've missed Jesus. They've missed him. They never made room for him. I can hear them right now. You ask them about the Lord and where they stand with God, and, and, and it'll tell you things like this. Well, pastor, I, I need to do this, and I need to take care of that. And when my schedule begins to clear up a little bit and things begin to slow down in my life, then I will make room for Jesus. But guess what, friend? They never make room for Jesus. They never make room for Jesus. And if they do make room for Jesus, you know what room they make for him? They give him the storage room. The storage room is that place where you put things where you you know they're there, but you'll get to them if you really need them. But that's not what Jesus wants. He doesn't want the storage room. He wants every room. He wants access to every area of your life. And how tragic, how tragic it will be that people never had room for Jesus. How sad that they had room for all the, all the stuff and they had room for all the symbols, but they never had room for the Savior, the Son of the living God. How sad that would be. So the innkeeper, he, he never made room for Jesus because he was preoccupied with the own personal pursuits of his life. I wonder if that represents anybody here today or anybody watching online. God help us today to make sure we make room for Jesus. 
I want you to look at the second person who had no room for Jesus. This was King Herod. The Bible tells us in the Christmas story that the wise men came from the east and they came to Jerusalem searching for the location of this baby who was born king of the Jews. And they arrived there in Jerusalem where King Herod is with all the people there. And they're asking, where is this baby born king of the Jews? And you can just imagine King Herod. Wait a minute, I'm king of the Jews. And he begins to ask these questions and Herod heard them asking these things and the Bible says that he was troubled. He was troubled. Herod was troubled when he heard that there was another king. He was troubled because he was afraid. He was afraid that he was about to lose his power. He was afraid that he was about to lose his little kingdom. And King Herod was troubled. Listen, King Herod had room for only one king and that was himself. He worshiped himself. And the last thing King Herod wanted to deal with was a rival. He was a wicked man. There was nothing likable about King Herod. He was a mean and evil man. And he would do anything in the world to stop another king from coming on the scene and dethroning him. You remember what the Bible says? When the wise men came, what did Herod tell them? He, he actually lied to them. He deceived them. He, Herod told the wise men, listen, when you find this baby who you say will be king of the Jews, please come let me know so I can go worship him too. You're right. King Herod had no intentions of worshiping Jesus because he worshiped only himself and his plan was to murder Jesus. His plan was to take Christ out of Christmas. Why? Because King Herod was afraid of losing control and losing his power. And there's people here today, just like King Herod, and they're going to miss Christmas because they're afraid to surrender their lives completely to Jesus Christ. You're never going to make room for them. You're going to miss him this Christmas because you refuse to make room and you refuse to surrender your life completely to Jesus. You're afraid of giving up your little man-made kingdom. Afraid to give up that sin. Afraid to give up that lifestyle. Afraid to give up control. And like King Herod... There can only be one of you calling the shots and you've already made a decision that Jesus is not going to do what you're going to keep being the king over your life because you want to call the shots. I remember counseling a great friend of mine one time and he was calling the shots in his life instead of allowing God to call the shots. And I asked him right there toward the end of our counseling session, I said, sir, can you tell me who the most important person is in your life? And he said, God is. But here's the problem. When he left out of our counseling session, he went right back into that sinful lifestyle. And you know what that tells me? His actions tell me that the most important person in his life is himself and not Jesus. His actions tell me that he wants to be king and not let Jesus be king. My friend's actions tell me that he has no room because he loved his sins more than he loves the Savior. And like my friend and like King Herod, Many of us here today, we've crowned ourselves king, but here's the problem. Jesus wants to be king over your life. And the only way that Jesus can ever be king is you have to finally come to a place where you say, you know what, I submit and I surrender, Lord. You're in charge. You can call the shots now. Amen. We have to surrender our lives completely to him so he can be king. I asked the question this morning, is Jesus king over your life? Is he the one calling the shots or is he in the storage room and you only call him out when you really, really desperately need him? Or is he leading you every day because you're completely surrendered to his authority, his rule, his reign for your life? 
I want you to notice something else here. There, there's big problems when we fail to make room for Jesus. And, and the Lord just showed this to me here when I was studying these passages in the Christmas story. Listen, when we fail to make room for Jesus. I want to tell you something, friend. There's going to be crisis and chaos in your life, in your home, and in the land. When you refuse to make room for Jesus, you can expect a crisis and you can expect chaos and confusion in your life. Because we see here, King Herod and the people, they had no room for Jesus. And what happened? There was confusion. There was no room for Jesus and they had chaos. You know how I know that? Because babies were being murdered. They rejected Jesus and babies were being murdered. Young boys, two years or younger, were being murdered right there in that day because there was no room for Jesus. No room for Jesus. Wicked leadership ruled the land because there was no room for Jesus. Deception and lies seemed to prevail over the truth because there was no room for Jesus. There was a powerless religion that day because there was no room for Jesus. Jesus had been rejected. And we see the same things happening in our land today. We see the same thing. It's amazing how the scriptures just confirm and affirm the things that we see going on in our land. Listen, as long as we reject Jesus and make no room for him, there's going to be confusion. There's going to be chaos. There's going to be division, hatred, violence, wickedness, greed, deception, murder, no value of life. And we'll see powerless churches. Why? Because we never made room for Jesus. We never made room for Jesus. We failed to make room for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, forgive us today. During the Christmas season, Isaiah, we read this scripture, some of this prophecy where he says he's going to be wonderful counselor and prince of peace. And I want to tell you this, friend, we will never have peace in our nation until we make room for Jesus. We, we will never have uh, peace in our homes until we make room for Jesus. We'll never have peace at our work until we make room for Jesus. We'll never have peace at our schools until we make room for Jesus. We'll never have peace in our situations and circumstances until we make room for Jesus. And listen to me, you will never have peace in your life, true peace, until you make room for Jesus. Friend, I encourage you this Sunday to make room for the Lord because listen, to truly celebrate Christmas, to truly celebrate Christmas, we must make room for Jesus and give him permission to rule and to reign over our lives. That's what Christmas is all about. Jesus is the centerpiece of Christmas. He's the centerpiece of our life. And at Christmas, I truly celebrate that he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He rules, he reigns, he leads me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, well, this is what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about removing yourself from the throne and making room for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You'll never truly celebrate Christmas until you dethrone yourself and allow Jesus to be the king over your life. Do it today. Lord, I ask you to speak to hearts, God. Let me mention one last group here that ought to hit home with all of us that never made room for Jesus, and that was the religious crowd. How sad. I mean, here come the wise men, and they're asking uh, about this king of the Jews, and, and what does Herod do? Herod, he calls the chief priest and he calls the teachers of the law. In other words, he's calling the preachers and he's calling the Bible school teachers and he's calling all the leaders. in the church. You, 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 you need to come to me and tell me what these wise men are talking about. And here's what they say. 
they, they, they asked them about the Christ to be born, and they said, yeah, it's true. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And what they were referring to was Old Testament prophecy from the prophet Micah. And they knew these are religious leaders. These are church people. These are God's people who failed to make room for Jesus. They, they knew everything. They knew the prophecies. They knew the scriptures. They knew all the things concerning the arrival and the announcement of the birth of Jesus. This religious crowd, they knew the truth, but they refused to take the trip and have an encounter with Jesus. They, they knew the scriptures, but they didn't know the Savior. And I wonder how many people are here or watching online or how many people we know, and they know the scriptures and they know the Bible. They got a head knowledge, but they're on their way to hell. Because they've never surrendered their life completely to Jesus. They've never had an encounter with Jesus. They're just going through the religious motions. They're just going through it all. But there's never been an encounter in their heart with Jesus. Lord, help us today. Help us today. You know what, Jesus, he rebuked those religious leaders. If you read on later in John chapter 5, he says, listen, he's talking to the religious crowd. Jesus is, and he says, listen, you study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life, but these scriptures, they testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me and have life. You, you know the scriptures, but you refuse to take the journey and come along and be with me. And Sunday after Sunday, you, you hear the word, you know the word, God's speaking to you, but some of you refuse to get up and take the journey. And you miss out on having your whole life transformed by the power of God. God help us today. Taking the journey is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about religious ritual. You see, they had that down pat. The religious crowd, they were just going through the religious uh, routine of that first Christmas, and it's the same thing today. Church people showing up, and, and I dare to say it's probably going to happen today and happen all the way as we go through our Christmas season. We, we get involved in the religious routine, but we have no room for Jesus. We, 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 we Listen, we make room for the sermon, we make room for the song, we make room for the symbols, but we never make room for the Savior. We never make room for the Son of God. God help us. God help us not to be like this religious crowd. Let's make, listen, let's go ahead and say today, we're, we're going to make room for Jesus. We're going to make room for our Lord. Pastor Kevin, Miss Amy, if you'll come and help me. Listen, with all the brokenness that's going on in the world today, People are afraid. People are hopeless. People are just desperate going through some dark times. If there's, listen to me, please, church. If there's ever been a time in our day that we need to make room for Jesus, it's the day that we're living in. We need to make room for Him. We need to make room for Him in our worship, in our quiet time, in our journey with Him. I encourage every one of you today, whether you're here or online, I encourage you this Christmas. Not just Christmas, but every day. Every day should be Christmas for us. That we celebrate the Lord. That you would just make room for the one, the one and only one, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The only one that can transform your life. Man, I'm telling you, if you will submit and surrender to him, he can turn it all around for his glory. He can turn you all around for his glory. So I encourage you to make room for Jesus so he can forgive you of your sins. 
Make room for Jesus so He can help you. Make room for Jesus so He can give you hope today. Make room for Jesus today so He can give you a peace today. Make room for Jesus so He can make you a blessing to other people. You see, we get so caught up thinking that it's all about us, but it's never about us. When you get saved, it's all about being a blessing to other people. So many people hurting today, and God wants to use you to be a blessing to them. But the question is, what are you making room for this Christmas? Are you making room for some inflatables that are just full of air, full of nothing? Or are you going to have the most meaningful Christmas ever because you're making room for Jesus? Do you have room for Jesus in your life today? That's a question for you. Do you have room for Jesus? Well, I got room for him at church when everybody's watching. But how about when you walk out those doors and you're going through all of hell? Do you have room for Jesus? When you're going through the storm, do you have room for Jesus? When, when everything, when you're on the mountaintop, do you have room for Jesus? When you're down in the valley, do you have room for Jesus? Do you have room for him? I encourage you right now just to come to Christ and let him change your life. Everybody bow their heads, close your eyes, nobody looking around. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do right now. Young boy, young girl, whoever you may be, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, let this be the greatest Christmas ever that you would just put Jesus at the center of it all and realize that there's a journey that you have to take and you've got to be willing to step out today and say, I surrender, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Give me new life, Lord. I need you, Jesus. I want to go to heaven, and I need you to save me today. And I want to begin this journey with you. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. Right there where you are, just pray to him and repent. Repent. I'm sorry for pursuing after all the things of this world. I've pursued after personal things and, and, and business things. I've, I've been all over the place pursuing this and pursuing that. But today, Lord, I declare I repent of those things and I'm pursuing after you. Be my Savior, Lord. Save me. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you shed your blood for me. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you're alive and you took my place on that cross. And because of that, Lord, and because of the resurrection, I know I can have eternal life in you, God. And I surrender my life to you. I'm no longer king. I'm dethroning myself right now. And I'm making you king over my life, king and savior over my life. Forgive me, Lord. I'm willing to take the journey right now, Lord. I'm not going to be afraid of losing control. I'm not going to be afraid of losing power because you're in control, God. And Lord, I just want to surrender it all to you now. I give you my life. I give you my soul. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me hope. Thank you for filling me with peace. I receive it right now. Come on, friend. You got to repent and then you got to receive the gift of eternal life. Receive it by faith. And then be ready. Be ready. Be ready to follow him no matter the cost. Repent. Receive. Be ready to follow it. Follow him no matter the cost. Nobody looking around. I'm asking you whether you're online or on campus.
If you're here today and you've made a declaration that today, 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 that you're making room for Jesus by giving your life to him fully, that he is king, I want you just to lift your hand and say, I've prayed that prayer today. Come on. Would you raise your hand? God bless you, sir. God bless you. Um, God bless you, sir. Is there others? I see hands that have been raised. We're going to wait just one more, one more minute or two. Come on. I, I, I've declared that Jesus is my king today. He's my savior today. Praise God. Praise God. Father, thank you right now in the name of Jesus for every hand that went up today to just to confess to you that you are king over their life. I pray right now, God, even the ones that didn't raise their hand, Lord, but they, maybe they've prayed that prayer and just been willing to submit and surrender, that you'll be with them, God, and Jesus, that you will be the centerpiece of everything in their life. And God, we just declare today, God, that we are making room for you. We're making room for you. We're making room for you, God, to be glorified through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.